This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Shane, there is a phrase that I've started hearing and really started hearing in the past month or so. And sometimes when I hear a socially used phrase, I kind of ignore it for a while, but this one's popping up more and more. And I know that you love things like this. So I wanted to bring it up and and talk about it just to get your opinion. Are you ready for this one? I don't know if I'm ready. I guess we're going to give it a try. You know, I was thinking, I'm not going to rant today. But here we go. So so the phrase that I'm hearing being used, especially talking about work-life balance, is time poverty. Please elaborate. Instead of saying, I don't have enough time, people are talking about that they're dealing with time poverty. And it is causing the same kind of challenges in their life as financial poverty. But this idea that time poverty is causing major issues with people personally and as business owners. Okay, make better decisions. This is such a lame excuse to me. And again, I have known about this phrase for clarity for the audience, for anybody else out there for exactly two minutes. But this is centered around the inability of people in society to say no, prioritize what they're doing, and to let go of the FOMO. This fear of missing out has put us into this world where we will not say no to things. And then we look up and say, I don't have any time for that. Yes, you do. But something's got to go. You can't do every single thing. We just had a few weeks of our girls coming back home. One of them after her first semester, our youngest after her first semester at college. And she hasn't seen people, friends, high school friends, local friends, family members. She hasn't seen everyone for a whole semester. So when she comes home and we knew this and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. We knew that her time was going to be something she was going to have to manage while she was home because she wants to see everybody. She wants to do everything. She wants to squeeze three months lost into a two-week period and surround it with family at Christmas time. And the reality of it is you can't. You cannot constantly go, go, go fit everything in and still have sanity. I find it very interesting that when you Google this term time poverty, that it's pulling up National Institute of Health articles about this being a human rights issue. And there's courses being taught about this in the Harvard Business School. And the UN is now looking at this as a major human rights challenge. And I'm trying to figure out how did we get to the point where priority management, and I'm the queen of this, by the way. I mean, if y'all haven't figured this out, I try to cram as much as I possibly can in the 18 to 20 hours a day that I'm awake until I finally shut down. But 
how did this become a UN and or National Institute of Health human rights issue? I mean, like, how did we let it get this far? And we know that we can't change things at that broad of a scale. But how do we change our perspective to make this fixable for ourselves and for our agency? First of all, everybody's scared to death of being truthful, honest, and just saying this is stupid. Nobody wants to hurt somebody's feelings. The reality of it is, is that you can't put this thing, time poverty created thing, you can't put this in the same realm around human rights. Are you kidding me? We're going to put this on the same pedestal as free speech or places that have true, true human rights abuses. We're going to say that time poverty fits in that same realm and we're going to put funding towards this. And the core of the problem is that everybody's walking around wearing feelings on their sleeves. Everybody's walking around with this poor, poor, pitiful me kind of mindset. And most of the time we're doing it to ourselves. It just doesn't make any sense because you did it to yourself. Looking at the exact definition, if you and I wanted to say that we have time poverty challenges, the exact definition is the chronic feeling of having too many things to do and not enough time to do them. Well, that's perpetually where I live, but I can't imagine saying that I have time poverty issues because those are decisions that I can make. You were talking about Emma coming home. Well, I'm not in college, obviously, and I've been out of college for quite some time, but my family lives six and a half hours away. And so if I go home for a weekend, I have very limited time to spend with my family, to see my friends, to see my former co-workers, to see all of the people that I I spent a few decades with and I used to let it really bother me because people would say, oh, well, you came home and I didn't get to see you or, oh, well, you know, you, why didn't you make time for me and blah, blah, blah. And it used to really bother me that I had quote unquote hurt this person's feelings. And a few years ago, the cute boy and I actually went to North Carolina to see his family. And I don't know why I never thought about this for myself, but I said, okay, you know, why don't we set that we're going to have dinner at X barbecue restaurant on Saturday at 6.30. And if your friends or extended family or former church members want to see you, this is where we're going to be. And that worked really well. And so instead of having this focus on, okay, we've hurt all these people's feelings. Well, we put it in other people's court and said, this is where we're going to be. You have the choice to come see us. And so it kind of changed that quote unquote time poverty challenge challenge that we were having and we found an easy solution for it. And I think that's one of those things that maybe we need to start doing that in everything we're doing. Is it maybe going to hurt somebody's feelings if we don't go to X? Yes, but they're going to get over it. And if they don't, is it somebody that we really needed in our life anyway? That's exactly the answer that we put out there is, hey, just put it out there. You're going to be home. Hey, my dad's grilling or, hey, we're doing this. I'm going to be home. Y'all want to come over, come over. Here's what I think. There's a little bit of narcissism in all of us around this topic. We say things like, you came home. I can't believe you didn't come see me. Well, they didn't come see you either. They didn't reach out either. And and so 
so I think what they wanted to do was they wanted to sort of cover this broad stroke thought that I'm going to put this out there so I feel better. But really and truly, they weren't going to change their plans to come and see you. And in most cases, the outliers really aren't the friends they say they are. The whole concept of, I can't believe you came home and you didn't come see me. Well, that is a narcissistic state in and of itself. Why is that person more important than these other people in their own minds if it's not narcissistic. The reality of it is, is if people want to see you or you want to ha- you have real relationships with people, they're going to make time. Just like the statement of you want to know what you're committed to in life, look at your bank account and then that'll tell you what you're really committed to. We create our problems. We create our problems by, oh, we need to name this. I'm so poor in time. I'm below the poverty level with time. No, you're not. Just make a a choice to do less and you can't do everything and it's like okay there's only so much time in the day we can't do everything the world doesn't work that way. With this podcast being in January, I'll tell you something that's happening to me. And you're going to be so proud of me, Shane. Like, really, this is going to be a rah-rah moment for you. But I'm getting in my invoices for my club and organizational dues. And I got one in this morning for an organization that I actually helped start here in Pensacola three years ago. And it was a small committee of us that created this. And now we have a membership of over over 200 women. And it's a really wonderful thing. But while I was in Huntington, one of my last trips, they actually had a club meeting that somehow I had accidentally signed up for refreshments. And I had to reach out to the cute boy and he went and he got all of these items at the grocery store for me and he came home and he put them on platters and he took them so this group of women would have refreshments for this party. And when this organization dues bill came in, I actually had the thought, do I ever want to put my husband through having to do this again? No. And then I thought, okay, well, I've had my place in this. It was great. But when I look at my calendar and I see all of these meetings and all of these events, and they're really cool events, like there are things that I really enjoy doing, but it stresses me out when I see my calendar and, okay, I'm supposed to go to this book club tonight. I've had a really long day at work. I really don't want to go to this book club. So I had that happen five months in a row. Well, if I've had that happen five months in a row, then I don't send these people my $55 a month and I move on. And that is so empowering. I've started doing that this month and and I'm looking at my calendar in February and March and April and there's empty slots and I get to take a deep breath and fill those with things that I really want as opposed to trying to work around these things that I signed myself up for that I have to do. We have lied to ourselves as a society that my 1,500 or 2,000 friends on social media are somehow my friends, and they're not. I've had experiences where people I am, quote, 
friends with on social media that I see them in a store and there's never a conversation. I've had that experience. They don't either recognize me or I don't recognize them. And then I've actually had the situation of, hey, how are you? And then I realize, okay, who was that? And then I think, okay, oh man, what was their name? And then I figure out, oh, that's so-and-so's cousin. Or And then I look it up and I'm, oh yeah, I'm friends with them on Facebook. We're not friends. We've distorted our relationships. We're allowing those surface relationships to infiltrate our time windows and they're hurting our real relationships. I am so much more a few deeper relationships than I am a a lot of surface relationships. Stay home and rest. Spend time with your significant other or your family or your aging parents or whatever your time of life situation is because those are the relationships you're going to miss. And that's the issue that I see with this whole concept of this so-called pretend problem that we've created called time poverty. Here's the key is spend time with them without looking at your phone, trying to figure out if what other people are doing is a better use of time than what you're doing. That's the thing for me is that spending time with people to me is not quality time if my dad is looking at his phone the entire time. What does this have to do with running an independent agency? What does this have to do with being a business owner or an employee or producer at an agency, it has everything to do with it. Number one, we're not fully committed to our jobs like we were when that's all it was. We've created this work-life balance thing that we've shifted like we do in most things when we have a problem is we've gone too far. We've gone to the other end of the pendulum and we need to balance this thing out, no pun intended. The work-life balance itself needs to be balanced out. It doesn't mean that we need to not work work. And what I see, because I experienced it, when we are go, 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 we are in everything. We are so-called time poverty challenged. What we do is we end up resting when we're supposed to be working. We end up not being fully present in our careers and our careers suffer. Our performance suffers. And my word of the year is finish. And the concept of that is to not let that happen, actually, to actually finish what we started, to finish what I started. If I start something, did I finish the things or decide those are no longer valuable things that I need to be doing? And did I pull those off of my to-do list? And the guys at software company 37 Signals, they have a podcast called Rework. And I love their approach to this. Their approach to this is they say we have to clean our plate before we go get a new plate. They kind of use this buffet analogy. You know, don't go back to the buffet with half a plate. Go to the buffet with a clean plate. They don't allow their people to start new things until they finish the thing their own. They finish their projects. They finish their things. And they're very disciplined around this. That's where we need to be. I know that's where our organization is headed. I hope that we can get better at this from a societal standpoint. If we don't, then mental health, physical tiredness, physical well-being is going to suffer. I'll tell you another place that I see this personally as a challenge is that someone else will change their mind or someone else will make a decision that 
can very easily wreak havoc with my schedule. And they'll say, well, I know we were planning on doing this on Tuesday, but now because of our kids' ball games, we need to move this to Thursday. Well, I already have my Thursday planned. And so historically, I have now taken my Thursday and I've got to rearrange all of my Thursday stuff in order to do the thing that I said that I was going to do on Tuesday. I see this happen a lot. And yes, there is flexibility. I mean, if things pop up at work and you and I can easily shift a meeting from being at 11 o'clock to being at 10 o'clock, that's one thing. But if you're having to rearrange your entire day because it makes it convenient for someone else, I think sometimes when that happens over and over, it creates this feeling of quote unquote time poverty or it creates chaos within our world, then we don't feel like we have enough time to do everything. Well, we had enough time to do everything originally. We're just trying to make other people comfortable. And I think sometimes that's when we have to learn to say no and realize that we are not so important that our no, it's okay. Like the whole world is not going to fall apart if you say, hey, I can't be in that meeting. And you don't even really have to give a reason. I mean, we want to give reasons when we say no. It is okay to just say, I can't make that. When I was 10 years old, what was the first time I learned that the world actually could go on without me? And that's the time in my memory where I remember getting sick for the first time enough to stay home from school. And that was the day that I was inside, I wasn't feeling well, I was at home, I just couldn't go to school. I hear this noise. It's 3.30, 3.45 in the afternoon. I've almost made it through the whole day without you know, burning the house down or causing chaos in the neighborhood. And I hear this noise and I'm like, what is that noise? Well, I get up and it's the school bus. And I'm like, why is the bus running? It's like, oh, they still had school. It hits me. I was sick and they still had school. It was temporarily shocking to me that the world could actually survive me staying at home sick. And I always remember that in my mind. The world will move on. Someone else changes their schedule and now that affects your schedule. Well, guess what? You do not have a responsibility to now adjust your schedule to fit their schedule. That is just the way it works. Like, okay, no, I'm not doing that. The other side of that picture is if that happens, are you overscheduled? That's the first thing I think of. If you're so scheduled, so tight that you have no slack or bandwidth in your scheduling, then you might be overscheduled. We haven't done it this year, but at the beginning of last year, I can remember each meeting that you and I had or that we were involved with at the beginning of the year, we had the conversations, okay, do we need to continue to have this meeting every week? Can it be moved to every two weeks? Can we do it once a month? And that was actually the first time that I've ever seen somebody do that all at once. I've seen that over time, you know, you'll be in a meeting and you'll be like, okay, really, do we need to do this? But you specifically sat down with your calendar and said, do we need to do this? And you and I removed one and about two or three months later, we went back and added it back. But when you look at how it opened up our schedules for three or four meetings and removing three 
three or four and then putting one back, that gave me three hours of my week back. That was pretty phenomenal. And so that may be one of those great takeaways from this podcast is sit down and look at it and say, okay, it may not, it may not be a meeting. It may be, uh, it may be something that is on your schedule like I did that are showing up on your calendar in this big red block every other Tuesday that you never want to go to. You always end up not going to it. Well, just go ahead and remove it. It's okay. They will continue to have that particular event, whether you're there or not. Now, somebody may say, oh, it's not going to be the same without you. Well, that's true. It's probably not going to be the same without me, but life will go on and it may be better because somebody else is going to step up and take that position. It may completely change the trajectory of that event and it may become better or it may go away because it wasn't as important to everybody else as it was to the person that was running the event. But sometimes you have to let trajectories go their own directions and accept the outcome of it may not have been what you wanted it to be from the beginning. My wife has a fantastic coffee cup that says, great, another meeting that could have been handled with an email. I have one of those too, by the way. We have some meetings and I get tagged as the meeting guy because I use meetings to get updates and I use meetings for things to connect everyone. And we have somewhat of a distributed workforce in terms of our leadership team, yourself included, remote staff, decentralized staff, I think there is a little bit more need to do some check-ins and connect points. Getting better at our meetings and as your agency grows, this is really, really important. Most of the time, what I have discovered is that meetings are selfishly established for me. It's kind of at times they're generated by the manager or the leadership so that they can either stay connected or stay informed. Maybe that makes them feel like they're doing a better job. I have that guilt in the past as well. And I think one of the things as agency owners that we need to be mindful of is why are we having this meeting? What is the purpose of this thing? And check to your point, do we still need to do this? Because we have to let people work. There has to be time to work and not just time to meet or talk. The world is full of ideas. The implementation of those ideas are where things really need to be happening. Looking at schedules, this is a great time here at the beginning of the year to take 30 minutes, look back over the past year at those things that were on your calendar that you just didn't want to do or that you always skipped or things here within the office of looking at better ways to use that time. Where can you put things together? How can you combine things? What can you switch to being an email or a document update? And let's get rid of this whole idea of time poverty and woe is me. I don't have enough time in my week to to do all of the things I want to do or even bigger than that, all the time in the week to do the things that we think other people expect us to do. I think this is a really fantastic opportunity for us to start making small adjustments that are going to snowball to make that idea of work-life balance or the phrase that I started using this morning that I think you kind of liked, which 
which was more of work-life effectiveness, because that's really what it's about. It's about being effective in the workplace and being effective at home and adjusting our thoughts to that rather than this idea of everything having to be perfectly balanced. So that's kind of what I'm thinking of. And when I when I saw this time poverty phrase and I'm seeing it more and more and I'm thinking, okay, this is something that we can nip in the bud and really help ourselves so we're not dealing with this every week or every day and feeling bad. This is something that we can very much fix ourselves. It just takes a little bit of effort up front. I've been saying for a while now, probably since the beginning of our podcast, that it's a marketer's world and it is a marketer's world. It's also an efficiency champion's world in our agencies, being efficient, automating tasks, doing things so that we can do more with the same. Don't confuse that with cramming more into the time that you have. That's not what that means. That means automating and being more efficient with what you have, whether that's cutting back on meetings, whether that's taking things that are redundant tasks, like we send out birthday emails. Well, we've been able to automate workflow around renewal processes. This has given back our people a lot more time. And the idea is not so they can necessarily do more. It's so that they can think more, breathe more, and have more energy and commitment to the things that they're actually doing. That's going to lead to better job performance. That's going to lead to improvement. And so, yes, it's a marketer's world, but this efficiency thing, as we continue to grow our business, uh, is also extremely critical. Time management, overcommitment. I think these are the things that come into my mind because we need to be better at saying no to things and being committed to the things that we're committed to. We don't need to be doing these things on a kind of a halfway scale. That's just going to lead to average or below average mediocre agencies. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Peter Drucker. Efficiency is doing things right. Effectiveness is doing the right things. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.